Hi, this is Dr. Josephine Ambrews coming to you from Arcana Laboratories in Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Frontline's Research Minute. In this month's installment, we will review a study by Brewer et al. entitled Hemolytic Uremic Syndrome in Pregnancy and Postpartum, published in the August issue of C. Jason. This study sought to retrospectively analyze the presentation, outcome, and frequency of complement alternative pathway gene variants in a large international cohort of patients presenting with pregnancy-associated hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS. Previously, in a much smaller single-country cohort, the authors showed that 86% of patients with primarily postpartum HUS harbored complement gene variants and had an initial presentation and outcome similar to non-pregnancy-related atypical HUS. However, at that time, questions and controversies remained, including treatment of these patients, particularly in light of the now clinically available first complement inhibitor, eculizumab. Let's look at the details. Again, this was a retrospective multicenter study conducted in France, UK, and Italy, three countries where an HUS registry has been established. 87 patients met the criteria for pregnancy-associated HUS between 1983 to 2013. This represented 16% of all HUS cases in women aged 18 to 45 years during this time period. It's important to note that patients with preeclampsia before the development of thrombotic microangiopathy, HELP syndrome, massive postpartum bleeding, or other identified causes of secondary HUS were excluded. HUS occurred mainly during the first pregnancy in this cohort, with 50% of patients, and in the postpartum period, 76%. If presenting during pregnancy, this was predominantly in the third trimester. Importantly, acute kidney injury was severe, with 71% of patients requiring dialysis at presentation, though thrombocytopenia was mild. In terms of treatment, 78% of patients underwent plasma exchange as first-line therapy, 41% received plasma infusions, and only 4 patients, 5%, received eculizumab starting in 2011, and that was as a second-line therapy following plasma exchange. Although there were no maternal deaths, 53% of patients reached end-stage renal disease during a mean follow-up period of 7.2 years, 19% had chronic kidney disease, and 28% experienced HUS relapse, which was a risk factor for subsequent development of end-stage renal disease. 54% of patients who received a kidney transplant also had recurrence of HUS. Variants in complement genes were detected in 56% of patients, mainly in the complement factor H, 30%, and complement factor I, 9% genes. Overall, the long-term outcome of HUS was more severe in patients with documented complement gene variants compared to those with no identified variant, and they progressed to end-stage renal disease more frequently and had a greater risk of relapse. The authors conclude that pregnancy-associated HUS and atypical HUS non-related to pregnancy have the same severity at onset, with two-thirds of patients requiring dialysis, 
as well as during follow-up, more than one-half of patients reaching end-stage renal disease. They also have the same frequency and distribution of complement gene variants. This is the largest to date cohort study to look at this question, and it is important as it raises several issues regarding the management of pregnancy-associated HUS. In this study, plasma exchange was the first-line treatment for a majority of patients, yet it did not improve renal outcome of pregnancy-associated HUS. Secondly, the availability of the anti-C5 antibody, eculizumab, has dramatically changed the treatment and outcome of atypical HUS. Yet, pregnant women were excluded from prospective trials. In this study, all but one of the four patients who received eculizumab showed a response to therapy and improved kidney function. Although further assessment of eculizumab use in pregnant women with HUS is needed, the data from patients with paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria suggest use during gestation appears safe. Given all of this data, the authors recommend that treatment of pregnancy-related HUS should be similar to the treatment of non-pregnancy-related atypical HUS with eculizumab as first-line treatment or second-line treatment after plasma exchange if a diagnostic workup is necessary. The present data will also help clinicians as they counsel patients with a history of atypical HUS or healthy carriers of complement gene variants who wish to become pregnant. For further details on this study, please follow the link provided in this post. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.